Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to I Want to Be Real Podcast. Today's podcast is entitled The Point of No Return. The Point of No Return. So I was really seeking what I should share with us on today and I was I had one topic which is the the topic that I I wrote the inspiration for today on but when I got ready to record (laughs) just in this moment I heard the point of no return so the point of no return when I looked it up just a minute ago, it, is, it said is the point beyond which one must continue on one's current course of action because turning back is dangerous and turning back is not always an option. It says... This point is beyond your current course of action. Because to turn back is physically impossible or difficult or expensive. (laughs) The rest of the definition, it says the point of no return can be a calculated point during a continuous action. It says a particular irreversible action, such as setting off an explosion or signing a contract can be a point of no return. It's amazing how God will give you something in the spare of the moment and you, you, you're not really quite sure about it or even understand why or, or, or the thought process doesn't even come across your mind as to why would God allow or even want me to make this the, the topic or the subject or the, the space in which I am to share in. But now after reading um, that definition and just kind of sitting and thinking about it there are one or two ways that I can go with this but the first way or the first thought that I that 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 I'm kind of you know um seeing is the point of no return in the result of having a relationship with God being saved saying yes to God and It's almost like when you heard the bottom of that definition, signing a contract, it means that you can't go back on your word. But God is a God that will not hold us hostage either. He is not a God that um, would pressure us into worshiping him, pressure us into having a relationship with him or communing with him or having some time set aside for him. He's not a God that would would do that or put us in a space or place 
that would cause us to um, be in 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 a spot or a position where we don't have the luxury to move outside of his will. But that's the thing. He doesn't hold us hostage. He doesn't make us sign, quote unquote, a contract. He doesn't, you know, pin us to what we said. He would hope that we would consider or allow our relationship to be such such strong um, connection or such a strong want desire that will cause us to keep our word but he does not make us stand in it he doesn't force us and so when I think of the point of return in that regards I get it I, I, I understand it. But then I think about the point of, of no return is when he specifically told Lot's wife to not look back in the scriptures. But she found herself looking back for something that she once had. Looking back for something that she wants owned or she wants walked in or she wants operated in and my my question in that regards is it's a point of no return because he specifically said do not look back but in the process of her looking back it cost her which is when the 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 definition says that it's expensive. When it says that the point beyond which one must continue on one's current course of action because turning back is expensive. It cost her to go back and to look back at something that God himself instructed that she not do. It begins in Genesis um, chapter 19. Um, two angels arrived and and um, and they were invited to to spend the night at Lot's home. And uh, the men of Sodom, Sodom were uh, exceedingly wicked. They were, you know, people that were. They were they didn't they didn't operate in in the healthiest ways. Um, yeah. The men of Sodom um they were wicked. And so with this action it uh it, it prompted Lot to make an offer to the angels and instead Lot offered up uh, his two daughters, but they were they were uh, they refused pretty much. Um, the angels gave Lot 
something to ponder on. Yeah. The angels gave Lot something to really consider. They basically urged him to to get his family out and to flee the location that they were currently at. Just think about that for a moment. So I'm sitting, I'm thinking that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these angels come and they knock on uh, Lot's door and Lot invites me in, of course, and talks with him and let him know what was going on. And so, of course, the angel says to says to Lot, OK, I see what is happening in um, uh, um, inside him. So what what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to get you out of here. The command to him was flee for your life. Do not look behind you nor stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the hills lest you be swept away. That is what the angel said to them. And so I, 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 I sit and I think about this sometimes because it's so easy to ask the question, why in the world would, would, would Lot's wife look back? Like, why would she, why would she look back? I get it. And I understand in the concept of, um, it's looking back to like, I didn't have, she didn't have time to, to, to look around to say, wow, let me remember this. Let me remember that it, you, 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 you took her from 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 what she knew and the scripture doesn't give, you know, um, uh, a, a layout of how long they had been there or, or any of those different things. But the angel specifically said that you are to flee and to not look back. So this is a point, a, a, a point of no return type of reference. Because when God says, don't look back, that means that what I have before you is greater than what you're leaving behind. And so could it be that we can sometimes be so caught up in what we have that God can give, can tell us that there's a promise that is greater than what we have on the other side, other side of our obedience. But we have the tendency to sit in where we are because we don't trust God enough to be God enough to give us more than what we have. And so if we are not careful, then what we would do is we would allow where we are and what we have to become a God. And in the process, this is what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah in this in this time frame. They disobeyed God. They created all of these different things to worship uh, and and, and it, all of those different things took the place of God. And if you would notice that in every uh, aspect of of uh, of something tragic or a transitioning taking place, God allow certain people to come out of the situation and he gives them a sense of warning to say, Hey, uh, just in this situation, he gives them a sense of warning to say, I am going to allow you to come out because I'm going to destroy everything that you have been connected to everything that you have known. I am going to come in and I am going to wipe it all away. 
away. But what I have for you is greater than what you are actually leaving behind. But if we are not careful, we would be like Lot's wife, so consumed with what we have uh, uh, been sitting in or living in or being around or being connected to that we don't think on another level that God can give us exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think because we are so stuck on where we currently are that we are in a space where we lack trust. I can only imagine that whenever Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt, I could only imagine that he wanted to look back to see how could he have helped his wife. But in some cases, in some some spaces in your life, it is depending on your strict obedience. Let me tell you something. I love my mama. And I love my daddy. And when I told God yes to this assignment that he's given me, one thing I did not do, and I can go back to my childhood and I can think back on whenever God started to talk to me all the more. What I did not do is sit down and have a conversation with my mom to see if she approved of it. I didn't sit down and have a conversation with my dad to see if they approved of it. I didn't sit down with my grandparents to see, hey, what you guys think about this? No, I knew his voice that if I have ever if I have never been sure of anything in my life when I heard his voice and he told me what he was calling me to do in the earth realm I did not flinch I did not say mm, I don't think so I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was him who was calling me to do what, it, what he was calling me to do in the earth realm and so much so that I was willing to leave everybody behind so much so that I was willing to go into spaces and places that I never knew anything about. And I cannot tell you how many times during my, my, my childhood, I can remember people, adults telling me you need to go and pray again and you need to make sure that this is what God has called you to do. And then I would also hear the same thing of, you know, make sure because you are a woman and you know, you got to make sure that you do this. And you got to make sure you do that. But I was so sure of what God said. That it did not matter what anybody said to me. I knew his voice. And when you recognize, oh my God, I cannot stress this enough. When you recognize his voice, you move in spaces and places that you never knew that you could move in. Now, now fast forward to my adult life now. I'm praying God get, I want to get back to that, to that when I first met you. <laughs> I cannot explain to you how amazing that, 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 that conversation that I had with him. And the reason that I feel like God is allowing me to, um, to, to, to discuss this and this be the topic of our podcast for this week is because we are all in the process of having to make a decision. See, either you're going to choose God and walk in the fullness of who he's called and created you to be before the foundation of this world, or you're going to lack and slack because you need everybody else's to approve what it is that God has called you to do. But when you know his voice without a shot of a doubt, when you are clear on the fact that he's called you to do it, when you are clear on it, you don't have time to waste time. And so what, what I'm sitting here saying, and I'm thinking about the fact that Lot um, 
was able to move without a, with 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 the with I mean without even you know saying okay well give me a little moment give me a time to the process this give me time to think about this no he didn't do any of those things no no he 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 didn't he didn't have time he didn't have time for that something tells me that he trusted what the angel said, which lets me know that he had to have had a relationship with God to know that, you know what? I don't have to question these angels that are coming to me because obviously God sent them here as a warning so that I can be free. I'm telling you, man. I'm gonna go to Genesis uh, 19. And the two angels came to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot saw them and rose up to meet them, and he fell down on his face to the earth. And he said, Behold, now, my lords, you turn aside. I pray you into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the broad place all night. And he urged them greatly and they turned in, in unto him and entered into his house and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, com, um, com, compassed the house round, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men that came into thee this night? Bring them unto us. Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out unto them to the door and shut the door after him. And he said, I pray you, my brethren, do not so do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters that have that have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes only unto these men do nothing for as much as they are come under the shadow of my roof now i got a problem with the fact that lot was willing to to give his uh daughters to these to these men but god you you, you gotta also understand that god is a loving god he's a kind god and even though lot wanted to do that to protect to 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 protect um the the, the angels God still was going to make sure that his family was good. Okay. <laughs> and they said, stand back. And they said, this one fellow came in to Sorgen and he will need, and he will needs play the judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and drew near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and brought Lot into the house to them and the door they shut. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they uh, wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? 
son-in-law and thy son and thou daughters and whomsoever thou hast in the city bring them out of the place for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is wax great before the Lord and the Lord had sent us to destroy it and Lot went out and spoke unto his sons-in-law who married his daughters and said up get you out of this place for the Lord will destroy the city but he seemed unto his son-in-laws as one that jested and when the morning arose and the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy daughters that are here, lest thou be swept away in the iniquity of the city. But he lingered, and the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, except to the mountain, lest thou be swept away. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight and thou hast magnified thy mercy which thou hast shown unto me in saving my life and I cannot escape to the mountain lest the evil overtake me and I die behold now the city is near to flee unto and it is a little one oh oh let me escape thither is is it not a little one and my soul shall live and he said unto him see I have accepted thee concerning this thing also that I will not overthrow the city of which thou hast spoken and it reads on down it's it's a it it read the whole chapter okay read the whole chapter of Genesis um chapter 19 it's 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 good but I'm saying all that to say that God would um in most instances he has given us warning before destruction and we can do one or two things we can do what um what Lot's wife did uh, in the process or we can do as Lot did and that's keep moving forward you talk about a point of no return that means that this woman was gone and I often think I often think that whenever he returned, I just want him to find me working. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to see what everybody else is doing. I'm not trying to, this is a part of my assignment. This is something that, that I told God yes to. Wasn't always sure about it didn't know how it would impact the lives of other people still to this day don't even know how many people come on and listen I just obey I I don't want I do not want him to return and I'm not doing I'm not doing anything I'm telling you because we have to give account for this stuff when we leave here, I mean, just just think about you get you 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 get before the gates, and in the process of you standing at the gates, you have an angel that come outside of the gate, won't let you in now, and they roll down this whole long list of stuff that we were supposed to be doing, and then half of it is not even done. Like what 
what excuse could we possibly give God that would suffice the fact that <laughs> we didn't do it? So now I get the point of no return. Because this is a contract to me. This is, this is my life, man. When I told God, yes, prime example, um, I couldn't sleep. I tossed and turned all morning around 2, 2.30, all the way up to about 4 o'clock. And I tossed and I turned. And I got up and I, and I, and I started to pray. And I just started to just really just really talk to God. And there were some things that I was, that I'm believing God for. And I started to, um, put those things before him. And before I got ready to lay down and and to go to bed, I told God in, in that conversation between me and him, I said, it do not matter what time it is. Wake me up. I don't care if I'm sleepy. I don't care if I just laid down. I don't care how I'm feeling. I don't care. None of that matters. The fact that you want to talk to me, the fact that you want to have a com- have a conversation with me, the fact that you want to commune with me, it lets me know that I am still in your will, that I'm still um, usable, that I'm still in alignment. And that's my, that's my thing. That's what I want. That's my desire. And so um, we are at a point of no return. I know that I am. I want you to think about that for your life. I want you to think about where you are. I want you to think about why you said said yes to God. I want you to think about all of these different things and see how it has changed your life and or how it will continue to change your life. Because it matters. It matters. So again, the point of no return, the point of no return is the point beyond which one must continue on one's current course of action because turning back is dangerous and expensive. It has cost you too much to be you. You're at the point of no return. 